The Daily Rios for Saturday, August 29th, 2015. It's Feedback Friday on a Saturday because this is the fifth episode of the week. The whole week of podcasts was shifted uh, because I started on a Tuesday this week. And I decided last month that all of the feedback episodes would happen at the end of the month, taking a look at the entire month's worth of feedback from all the listeners out there, whether it's an email, Twitter, or on the website, or an iTunes review, or however they come in. So that's what we're going to do today. And we start with episode 289, which was the previews episode for August. And this is from Chuck Coletta. He says, I will definitely be getting that Phantom Stranger trade. He was discussed in detail this week on the Secret Origins podcast, which you can find at secretoriginspodcast.wordpress.com. Chuck goes on to say that I would be a great guest on that show. Thanks, Chuck. In response to my hopes that Marvel is continuing on with their Christopher Priest Black Panther trade series, Whirlwind Kev had this to say, The third volume of Priest's Black Panther run is in the latest Marvel Hatchet catalog, so that's a good sign. Not only that, but there's a Deadpool classic omnibus where a good chunk of it is his run. A complete collection for Captain America and Falcon is in the catalog as well. Good to see Priest getting some collection love from Marvel and Valiant. By Valiant, he means the complete collection and also the individual trade series of Quantum and, Quantum and Woody that they've released and or at least have solicited to completion. They may not all be out just yet. But Captain America Falcon? Now, they did two trades as the series came to an end back in 2004-2005, but all in one would be fun. I haven't read that series since it came out, and of course, I sold it on eBay years ago, but... Bart Sears was on the first four issues, and he's an acquired taste. He's an acquired artist to some, but I appreciated what he brought to the series. And I think I think that title would be worth reading now, especially considering Falcon's role in the Marvel Universe at this time as Captain America. It would be great to go back and revisit Christopher Priest's idea of a Cap Falcon series. Now... If only they included the four-issue Falcon run from the 80s that Priest did when he was Jim Owsley. That miniseries was so much fun. The first issue had sweet Paul Smith art, and then Mark Bright jumped on for the next three. Uh, It's kind of curious. I would love to see what his early artwork looks like compared to what I know what his artwork looks like in Quantum and Woody, which was later and a little bit more of an established style, so. I'd also, you know, Marvel really needs to do an entire trade run or omnibus of all those great miniseries from the 80s. The original ones, not the licensed properties, but Falcon, uh, Prince Namor, Gargoyle, Iceman, Nightcrawler, the two Hercules minis by Bob Layton that I just rebuilt for my collection. I think the first one is probably, probably the earliest miniseries from Marvel at this time, I mean you know, the early 80s. Uh, and obviously there was also the Wolverine miniseries. Uh, and between those two, most likely the success kicked off all of these. You know, granted, obviously the quality wasn't always the same. Uh, there was West Coast Avengers, Magic, Firestar, Machine Man, Beauty and the Beast with those Sienkiewicz covers, 
Comet Man, if anybody remembers that. Jack of Hearts, which was one of my favorites. Uh, that had George Freeman on the art there. Rocket Raccoon. The awesome Rick Leonardi, Terry Austin art of Cloak and Dagger, Vision and Scarlet Witch. Yeah, I guess I'm going to go name them all. Hawkeye, I almost forgot that one. Uh, and then all the Ands and the Verses miniseries, like X-Men and Micronauts, Kitty Pride and Wolverine, X-Men and Alpha Flight, Fantastic Four versus the X-Men, X-Men versus the Avengers, Mephisto versus everyone, uh, Balder, Longshot, these are later ones, Fallen Angels, Squadron Supreme, Eternals, Punisher, and whatever else I missed. Now, Kev also mentioned a third Black Panther volume, which is good. I think the second volume is solicited in the newest previews, which would be September's catalog for books shipping mostly in November. I don't have that in my hands just yet, but I'm sure I'll cover it in the next previews episode at the start of the new month. On the Remembering Robin Williams episode, which was 294, Chris Snell says, My all-time favorite Robin Williams moment is the confrontation between Will and Robin Williams uh, about a painting he created and also about his wife. It's the one where he grabs Matt Damon by the throat and he says, I will end you if you ever disrespect my wife again. Yeah, that is a very powerful scene. On episode 301, the superhero movies list, I got a bunch of uh, missives from people. On this one, Chris Snell again, he says, I've seen 53 of the 125 movies, only 42%. That's not good. No Condor Man for you? As Chris, Ep Chris Eberly says, indulge. Yeah, that was one that I just didn't even know existed. Condor Man. Uh, Jerry McMullen says he saw 90 out of 125. And he says, I need to start watching a lot of Zorro films. Samurai Godzilla says, Ghost Rider 1 actually isn't so bad. At least it has Eva Mendez in it. And he laughs. Uh, Chuck Letta, he says... About the Zorro movies, he says, if you watch one of the many Zorro movies listed, be sure to check out the 1940 Tyrone Power version. He's a charismatic actor and faces off against the dastardly Basil Rathbone. The 1920 Douglas Fairbanks version was often cited by Bob Kane as an early Batman inspiration. Zorro is headquartered in a cave and rides a black steed named Tornado, which you could see being updated to the Batmobile. Chuck continues with a little list of ones that were not on the list. Dick Tracy from 1990. He says, here's some trivia. Charlie Corsmo, who played Junior Tracy, is now a law professor at Cleveland's Case Western Reserve University. Chuck mentions The Shadow, which was on the list from 1994. He says, this, Alex Baldwin, this Alec Baldwin vehicle isn't a classic but has a nice pulpy feel and boasts a strong supporting cast. Ian McKellen, didn't know he was in it. Jonathan Winters, Tim Curry, didn't know he was in it. Peter Boyle, and Penelope Ann Miller. The Adventures of Captain Marvel 1941 serial is the first ever live-action adaptation of a superhero in cinema history. For my money, it's still the best of the old serials and does a still impressive job with the special effects despite a limited budget. I'm fairly certain he kept serials off the list. Uh, and then the last one he wrote was about the Scarlet Pimpernel, 1934, starring Leslie Howard. It's an entertaining film. Lastly, Chuck says, There is one film listed with which I have a tiny connection, 
Superman Returns. During its production, I was asked to create an informational packet on Superman and Ma Kent for BGSU alum Ava Marie Saint, who played Ma Kent. I did so, and she took them to the set with her. Many of her scenes were removed from the final version of the film. In the original script, Ma Kent tells the returned Clark she's selling the farm, leaving Smallville, and has plans to marry her farming neighbor, Ben Hubbard. That's why actor James Karen is listed in the opening credits, but doesn't appear in the finished film. In the years since, I've become good friends with Miss Saint and her husband, director TV Jeff Hayden, who directed two episodes of the Adam West Batman series, as well as episodes of The Incredible Hulk and Knight Rider. And I remember Chuck sending an email about that uh, over to CGS at that time, which was uh, really kind of cool. Nice little connection there. So that's it for today's listener feedback. There was there were some other things, some Twitter little comments here and there, some questions uh, that didn't necessarily expand into a larger conversation or into a larger thought or idea. But I certainly appreciate everything, retweets and favorites, and just people just saying that they're listening. I, I really, uh, that's just awesome. So thank you for all of that. And if you left a comment about Morning Glories or about The Tower, I will get to them on those particular episodes. One last thing before I go. If you don't know about ComicBookDB.com, it's basically the IMDB for comic books. And it's really just a, uh, an in invaluable resource for me. And it's constantly being updated and, you know, tweaked. And, and it has a lot of information about comics. And you can do all these searches. You can search by title. You can search by character. You can search by creator, by cover date. And you can put things in chronological order. It's just so perfect. It's such a perfect resource to compare to, like, all the notes that I have and other places online. Well, they also have a podcast section, and The Daily Rios and The Tower are now both listed. Well, The Daily Rios was on there, and now The Tower is listed as well, thanks to Chris, who runs the comic book DB, and who was uh, the guy who started it all. Not only are the podcasts listed, but then I can go in and connect them to a, an issue or to a trade that I talk about on either of those podcasts. So, for instance, if you go to comicbookdb.com, and you look on the left for podcasts, and then you hit the Daily Rios, you will see three Morning Glories entries that pop up because I talk about those particular trades uh, on the episode, on the podcast, right? And then if you do the same with the Tower, if you go to the Tower, you will see individual, is individual issues of the New Teen Titans as I talk about them, and then you can click to the episode, so... I'll be putting a lot more of those on there, and it's just a great way to, you know, promote the series, promote the podcast, promote the website, uh, promote Comic Book DB, because it really is a great, great website. So, all right, that's it. That's been the Daily Rios episode three hundred six for today, Saturday, August 29th. I'm going to go back and maybe watch another episode or two of Arrow. That's right, I finally started. I am three episodes in. I have to say, I am really impressed with the quality of it. It does not feel like a spinoff of Smallville, like it was somewhat promoted as. It, uh, it has some really nice production values. I, I don't mind the acting. The story's got me hooked. 
it's fun to see all of the Battlestar Galactica sets and actors, um, even the way certain things are shot. You can tell it's all from it's all taking place in the same production area, right? It's uh, I don't know what is it. It's like um, Western Canada up there, like um, I want to say Vancouver, but I don't know if that's right. You know, you start to see certain buildings and certain sets and, as I said, actors. So, uh, yeah, it's good. It's three episodes in. I'm like, yeah, this is great. I, I can't believe I waited this long to see it. So I am jumping in and enjoying it. I most likely won't talk about it. I'm kind of just going to watch it for myself, for my own enjoyment, and catch up so that maybe I can talk about future episodes or current episodes, but that won't happen for a while. And obviously I'm doing this because I'm such a big fan of Flash, and it just makes no sense that I have yet to see Arrow. So that's what I'm doing. I am correcting my mistake. I was going to watch Agents, uh, Agent Carter, but they don't have enough of those episodes on demand. So maybe they have it on the website, on the ABC website. I'll check that out. And once I finish that, I'll, I will finally jump into Daredevil. So there you go. A little TV talk at the end of this episode. All right. That's it for this week. I will talk to you next week.